Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Time out when there's gaps in coverage. Every team needs a player that they can count on to help out. Aflac Supplemental Insurance can help close the gap between what health insurance covers and what it doesn't. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Aflac pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. Get help with expenses that health insurance does not cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Peter King. Football Morning in America columnist and contributor to Football Night in America on assignment in Pittsburgh for the Steelers and the Patriots. Wow. That's combat pay. (laughs) (laughs) How the mighty have fallen, says Dan Patrick. (laughs) There's still time to get out of town, Peter. (laughs) what do you mean the game oh yeah you're right i I still got 10 hours i I was looking (laughs) at the promo for the game and it was belichick and tj watt and then i think they were trying to use david andrews which might be the first center ever used in a promo unless jim otto was featured you know back in the (laughs) 70s here uh give us a reason to watch the game tonight in your opinion I mean, I think there's a couple of them. One, I, I I don't know if you look at the at the Patriots schedule until they play the Jets in the last game. I mean, could this be the best chance they would have to win a game? And then mm. I'll tell you what, Dan, there's a lot of heat on Mike Tomlin. There has been for a while in Pittsburgh. But I was on a talk show here yesterday, and I'll tell you, the general populace – is really fallen out of love with Mike Tomlin, which I think is insane. And one of the points I make about Tomlin all the time is, look, I realize he hasn't won a playoff game in forever, and that's it's justified if you, uh, you know, if you're anti-Tomlin because of that, and I get it. But you know, I mean, he loses franchise quarterback. They're trying to build somebody up, you know, to be that guy. Since Tom since Tom Brady walked off campus in New England, Bill Belichick is eight games below 500. Since Ben Roethlisberger walked walked off campus here, the Steelers are three games over 500. So what is wrong with this picture? I realize it's less time, but you know Mike Tomlin wins games. 
That's the thing that always boggles my mind when people criticize Tomlin as vociferously as they do. 30 years ago, I think today, you wrote an article for Sports Illustrated. You remember what it was? How to, re- how to revive a boring league. Yes. How to revive yeah. the NFL. Give us some of those tidbits, those nuggets that you were suggesting 30 years ago to revive the NFL. Well, at the time, you know, points were way down. Injuries were way up. It was a brutal, brutal league um, in terms of, uh, you know, the physicality of the league. And... I think one of the things that we thought at Sports Illustrated at the time was really important was you got to focus on the quarterbacks. You've got to make it easier to score points in this league. And look, that's I'm not saying that that's revolutionary. Every everybody knows that now. They knew that then. And I think the NFL set out honestly 25 to 30 years ago and you look at probably 80% of the rules changes in that period of time have all been to liberalize rules to make people score points more. So I think that's one thing the league did that we suggested, but I think they were going to probably do it anyway because the writing was on the wall. At the time, the one thing I remember vividly about that, that was at a time of like revolutionary time in NFL history. Because free agency had just became just began, um, you know, the Reggie White decision came down, which basically mandated that there's going to be real free agency in the NFL. Reggie White was the NFL's Kurt Flood, and so you know you look at it, and that was probably in 1993, that era, the most revolutionary thing that happened in football. Peter King from Football Morning in America on assignment in Pittsburgh for the Patriots and the Steelers. More dysfunctional organization, the Jets or the Panthers right now? Oh, definitely the Panthers. I mean, the Jets have had a bunch of weird little step-in-crap moments recently, but, you know, I can tell you that the players are still listening to Robert Sala. Uh, I don't – I'm not positive – but what I hear is that Woody Johnson still very much believes in Sala. Uh, he's going to be back. Um, Joe Douglas, I'm not positive about, but my gut feeling, it's just a gut feeling, is that those guys will come back together for another year. Now, in Carolina, uh, it's as big a mess as there is in the NFL. The story that The Athletic wrote yesterday about, uh, you know, the dysfunction and sort of the Hunger Games mentality where coaches and staffers are texting the owner of the team, uh, telling them what's what's wrong with the with the team. It's, you know, David Tepper has turned into, uh, you know, he's the new Dan Snyder, minus all the, you know, sexual improprieties and allegations. But David Tepper, I wrote this week, Dan is... Steinbrenner without the winning. He's a disaster. And if you're going to hire a head coach and 10 months later you're going to fire him, you shouldn't have hired him in the first place. You didn't really believe in him. And to take all the suggestions and all the emails, all the texts from people inside the organization, I'm assuming at least some of them, if not most of them, were Reich's doing a crappy job. Uh, You know, this is what we ought to be doing. 
It's just, you know, it's so ridiculous. Can you imagine, you know, a good franchise with people undercutting the head coach, going behind his back, many of them to the owner? It's insane. It's insane. And David Tepper, if that story is true, and look, Joe Person, Diana Rossini, very reputable reporters. Uh, I I have no reason to think it isn't absolutely true, and that really would bother me if I were uh, if I were a fan of the Panthers right now. Let me go back to the Jets because Diana Rossini was reporting on one of the uh, reporters who was reporting on Zach Wilson reluctant to play, and it was common knowledge in the building there. The, the Jets have denied that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't deny it. He just kind of blasted the organization for leaking. Uh, where do you stand on that story with Zach Wilson wanting to play, not wanting to play, and the organization's role in this? Well, I don't know how the information got out, uh, but I think Aaron Rodgers is absolutely right. It's it's absurd that uh, that if indeed that's the way Zach Wilson felt, for a time on Monday, and I have no reason to to doubt that if that's what he felt, or at least he was asking questions about it, uh, it's 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 not good that that got out. It just isn't good. And I think, um, you know, look, I don't think anybody believes that Zach Wilson's the answer, uh, and he clearly isn't the answer. They don't have an answer right now. But one of the things I think, Dan, that hasn't been talked about enough is the fact that, you know, Nathaniel Hackett last year had a quarterback in Denver and they had either the worst or one of the two or three worst offenses in football. This year, he doesn't have a quarterback with the Jets and he has no solutions at all. Dan, if I told you that the New York Jets, their last 88 offensive possessions, had scored four touchdowns. What would you think of that? That's that's like the JV team at a bad high school playing the state champions. That's the kind of production you get in that situation. So to me, Robert Sala has a lot of issues right now, a lot of issues. And one of his big issues is uh, Hackett, because of his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, is basically untouchable. So what does he do? What does he do with the offense that underachieves? And how would you have any faith other than with Aaron Rodgers running it on autopilot on the field next year? I I don't know. To me, Salah has got some real, real problems in New York. The commissioner reportedly wants to eliminate the brotherly shove. How does that happen? The most, the single most important person in any rules change situation in the NFL uh, who can put his thumb on any scale and make things happen is Roger Goodell. That's how much power he has. He doesn't use the power when he knows that the power isn't going to be enough. Like last year at this time, Dan, when this was really first starting to come to significant prominence, you know, mid-season last year when Jeff Stoutland, the line coach of the Eagles, had, and it led by Jason Kelsey uh, on the line, had perfected this, and we all started seeing it. 
Um, personally, I think it, I think it's awful. Um, it, it isn't really, unless you wanted to play football in 1908, it's not what football should be, in my opinion. Now, it's part of the rules. Congratulations to the Eagles for perfecting it. I'd do the same thing, too. I'd probably, I'd probably do it more. But the fact is, Roger Goodell, my guess would be, and I don't know if that is absolutely the case, but I do know that there are some influential people in league circles who have a lot to do with the rules who think it's awful. And I'm just saying that mm-hmm. this is going to get a full airing in the offseason. But again, in the absence of significant injury record records, you know, with this, such and such a guy got hurt here. This many guys get hurt in the brotherly shove versus other plays. I don't know that they're going to have 24 owners who will vote to kill it. I know you wrote about the NFL MVP voting that the last 10 years, your winner has been either a number one or a number two seed. Do you see that changing? The only way I see it changing, Dan, because I think we're, I mean, there's five weeks left in the season. I'm not saying, I because I, don't go back every year and say, gee, how close was it with five years, five weeks left to go in any particular year? But I don't recall a year that you could tell me any one of eight names and I would say, oh, that guy makes a good case. Dan, there's a couple of things this year. One, uh, I think that there is some sort of, I don't even want to say prejudice, but some sort of downplaying of what Brock Purdy is doing. And it has to do, I think, with draftism, you know, and 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 the fact that, and the fact that, uh, you know, if a guy is the last pick in the draft in his second year in the league, well, there's no way he could be MVP. Hey, look at all the talent he's playing with. All he is is, you know, he's he's a marionette, and Kyle Shanahan is pulling the strings. Uh, he's not that good. Well, all I can say is just watch the games, but. I mean, there are a lot of guys. Dak Prescott has got a great case right now, but we're going to know. He's got three huge games coming up. Um, you know, he's got to play at Buffalo, at Miami, and obviously the Eagles. So we're going to know. But I'm just saying, Dan, if Tyreek Hill smashes the all-time receiving record and goes over 2,000 yards, there's going to be a lot of sentiment for breaking this schneid of 10 consecutive MVPs who were quarterbacks and finally giving it to somebody at another position. I would just say, and I don't know how I would vote if that happened, but I would just say that if you ask Mike McDaniel today, game sodium pentothal, and he said, tell me if, if the karma gods take one guy out of your lineup, either Tyreek Hill or Tua Tonga who would you rather it be? Well, Mike McDaniel is not going to say he wants to play without his quarterback. So the word is not the the award is not most outstanding player. It's the most valuable player, fortunately or unfortunately. Have fun in Pittsburgh. Stay awake during the game. Get a sandwich there. And uh, great to great to talk to you again, Pete. Hey, thanks a million, Dan. Great to be on with you. That's Peter King, football morning in America from his car (laughs) in Pittsburgh. I don't know. I think I would just maybe start the car and keep driving. Keep driving. Yeah, Paul. Steelers home game, though. I've never been to a Steelers home game. That seems like a lot of fun. I'm kind of bummed that I've never been to a Steelers home game. 
The whole town seems to. I've been to the town. I've never been to a home stealer game. All right. I'm going to guess you haven't been to a home stealer game. But like that that seems like got to be top three in the league for atmosphere. Yeah. No, maybe Chiefs not seem, now. Yeah. Maybe not now. I don't know. They still seem fired up. Maybe not now. Yeah, well, that's Peter was saying they're fired up. Uh, and Mike Tomlin now in the crosshairs there. Maybe they're too long. Yeah, Seaton. Earlier, I mean, I know it's different sports, uh, but earlier this year, Nick Saban was like, hot seat, question mark? Like anybody. <laughs> anybody. <laughs> well, all it takes is somebody to just ask the question and then put a question mark after it. That's all. Because then it's like, uh, I don't know, hot seat there. Uh I, and Paul Feinbaum might have uh, had Saban on the hot seat, like the, at least early in the season for some reason. All right, let me take a break. Play of the day is up next. Your phone calls as well. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters, gaps in health coverage. But when the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. You may have seen the Affleck duck working with some pretty famous coaches. But did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything. So when an illness or injury happens... You can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness, and that's why you got to level up your defense. 
when there's gaps in health coverage. Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. There are reports that John Rahm is going to join the Live Tour. Now, this has been there for a while. The Telegraph reported Tuesday the deal between John Rahm and the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, who's leading the negotiations, is imminent, may be announced in the coming days. John Rahm, the defending champ at the American Express, is not among the early uh, commitments to that field in Palm Springs in 2024. He's 29 years of age, previously shot down rumors that uh, he was headed to Live Tour. I've seen anywhere from 400 to $600 million for John Rahm. I'll go back to February of 2022. This is my official, my one and only time I'll talk about this, where I'm officially declaring my love for the PGA Tour. I'm a, a PAC member. I have a lot of belief in the Commissioner Jay Monahan and the product that they are going to give us in the future. Uh, he talked about the speculation for the Live Tour, and uh, he backed the tour again in June of 2022. He's interested in the history and legacy with the PGA Tour. My heart is with the PGA Tour. That's all I can say. So those are some of the comments that he's had. And I'm curious with the Live Tour, do you need to spend this money if there's eventually going to be a merger? Now, if I'm John Rahm and I can pick up $400, $500 million, and eventually I'm going to be able to still play on the PGA Tour events, play in the majors, uh, hard money to pass up. And less blowback now. If Rory did it, he's the one guy, Tiger and Rory would never be able to do it. And not that they would, but they would never be able to do it. Uh, John Rom, okay. But if you're the live tour, do you need to spend this money on John Rom? How long are you getting him for? And if, if eventually they're going to merge, which they're going to have to, I get it if I'm John Rom. Be tough to turn down that kind of money. How long are you going to be on the live tour? Do you get to play in the majors? Okay, you don't get to do Ryder Cup or whatever. It, you know, they're, they're going to have stipulations in there, requirements, uh, points uh, that you're going to need to qualify to get into certain things. But if you're John Rahm, you got a chance to pick up that kind of money. I certainly understand it. Yeah, Paul. I was, I was, it's a confusing story because, like you said, I wonder if Rom and his people were like, this offer is still out there at this juncture. Why, why do you need to pay, let's say it's $300 million for me for a year and a half of work, but you know, the vitriol against it isn't there right now. There's very little reaction to the story. Yeah. yeah, it's been there for a little while because he's been backing out of things. And uh, I think that's where people started to notice that maybe there's some breadcrumbs he's putting down that he's going to go to the uh, live tour. You know, Live Tour's got to eventually get to play four rounds of golf. You know, that, that, that's the only real hang-up I have as far as, you know, the events they have. Play four rounds. You don't need to do three. Okay, you have loud music and you have uh, some you know, funny team names and uh, you get to wear shorts. Okay? Nobody cares. I mean, you're going to be gone. You may not be forgotten, but they're... I mean, you're still watching an event. If you're watching Pebble Beach, you're watching Pebble Beach because it's at Pebble Beach. Whoever's playing, it's nice to have those great players. But I don't miss Phil Mickelson. I don't. I loved watching him, 
But I, I, I'm fine. I, at no point in the last couple of weeks that I go, man, I sure wouldn't like to have Phil Mickelson out there. I don't care. Uh, that's what happened. Like Bubba Watson. Love Bubba. I don't miss him. It's like, okay. All right. I mean, that's what happens. Somebody else will come in. And somebody else will win a tournament or win a couple of tournaments here. John Rahm's a wonderful player. You know, he'll, he, he was great guest with us. But I, I don't know if people are going to be going, not, not watching, John Rahm's not in there. When he's in there, great. When he's not, I'm still watching. So, Live Tour, uh, whatever the plan is, it feels like they eventually have to merge. But are, they, are they aware they're merging? Did the people who called it John Rahm? I have no idea. Are they aware? I don't. That, how do you leave the PGA for a live tour at this point when they're merging in like eighteen months? Unless well, there's no penalty. I mean, if they're merging, take the money, and then you're eventually going to be back on the PGA tour. I mean, people may go, "I can't believe you left for you know fourteen months." But yes, he is this a sign that really uh, PGA was acquired by Live Golf well, and maybe not merged? Well, that's. Still, still trying to figure out, you know, who are the power players in this? Because it feels like the Live Tour is guiding the PGA Tour. By the way, I kind of feel like everybody's statements pre-Jay Monahan uh, doing what he did yeah. should be almost like wiped clean. Because everybody, they thought that they had, they thought they were backing the PGA and PGA was backing them. And it turns out they backed PGA and PGA cut a deal out from under them. Yeah. That's garbage. Yeah. And I don't really think that John Rahm or Rory McElroy or anybody else should be like, oh, I thought you weren't going and now you are. Well, that whole thing changed once PGA decided to cut a deal without telling them. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of golfers who feel like that, that they, they, they pledge their allegiance to the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour wasn't pledging its allegiance to its players. John Rahm said he was betrayed. Yeah. There's a huge sense of betrayal. Yeah. Uh, I, I get that. I get it. You want to make that money? You want to take the money? Maybe it's two years down the road. You're back on PGA, you know, on the tour. Whatever the tour is. I mean, they got to figure this out. Got to figure it out soon. Um but I, as far as those who were going to defect, John Rahm was the last name. It felt like he was going to do that. So if he takes the money, maybe we'll see him. Maybe we'll see him in just majors, depending on if they allow him in. I mean, that's a big blow. Yeah. If you're a diehard golfer, that's a big blow. But the casual golf fan, you just watch. A lot of times you watch for the scenery of it. Like, it's always at a great place. The weather's always great. You know, everybody looks great, having a good time. And it just feels like that's what you tune in with that sport. There's no tiger. There's no, there's no tiger. I mean, we're holding on to, you know, a banged up, broken down tiger right now. But as far as, and Rory, we keep waiting for Rory to be consistently great. Or Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas. But it, you know, that's that it almost magnifies how great Tiger was that he's winning, I think, like one every four tournaments at one point in his career. <laughs> We're not going to have that. Now they're going to do the rollbacks with the golf balls in a few years where they're trying to take away distance. And what what's going to happen is people are going to be going out and buying 
you know, Titleist Pro V's and, and stockpiling them because, you know, once once they get to whatever, 2029 or something, 2028, they're going to take away those golf balls. Because these dudes are playing with wiffle balls now. <laughs> that, that they want to take away like 15 to 20 yards from golfers. Well, the average golfer is going to be affected as well, but they said, well, it's only going to be like five yards or so. Hey, I'll take that five. I need that five yards here. Rory doesn't need an extra 15. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, the USGA and the RNA announced on Wednesday, capping five years of study on this topic, that golf balls are going farther. That's a deep study. <laughs> Who saw that one coming? I've got to save them some money. Um, that over the past 25 years, tee shots are traveling 30 yards further. And it's detrimental to the game. They're saying it's hurting local courses, distance. It's hurting the pro courses for like how they make it par. So in 2028, there will be a, a, like a, a governor on the golf ball where they can't make golf balls that have a certain distance uh, metric. And for recreational golfers, 2030. So get now, it in now. I brought this up years ago that I thought Augusta was going to create their own golf ball. They're just going to say, you play in our tournament because you can't expand at Augusta. You know, they bought some uh, adjoining land to try to make, uh, I think, 13T a little bit longer. But they don't have any room. And that's what I worried about is these great courses that have been around for centuries that I don't want them to be obsolete. I want people to play that course the way that course is meant to be played. And then it became just about power. It was just hit it as far as Mickelson said years ago on this show. Hey, I'd rather pound it and maybe in a little bit of trouble in the rough, but I'm hitting an eight iron and then somebody else is hitting a six iron. I mean, that's that's the philosophy that that you have. But golf moving forward is moving back in some ways with uh, the golf ball there. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, this new golf ball that they tested that they are probably going to roll out. um, It goes with a big hitter on the tour. They estimate 15 yards shorter on a on a monster drive. Yeah. And people like Rory McIlroy said he loves it. It'll make golf. It'll bring back like the short game, the mid range game. Well, if I'm Rory, I love it because I still hit it further than everybody. I'm still going to be 15 yards further than everybody else. Now, you know, it's just you got more shot making. And really, golf is not necessarily about shot making anymore. Because if you're a guy, you know, there's golfers who just didn't hit it, you know, 250, 260, 270 yards. You're getting crushed out there. Those guys are playing a completely different game. They're hitting the ball 330. You're hitting 270. So that's 60 yards. I might put a wedge in your hand and you're hitting an 8-iron. The difference with a wedge and an 8-iron with those guys? I mean, it's such, such a disadvantage for these guys who don't hit it as far. But they can be great golfers. A lot of times you'll see golfers, even when you're out playing the weekend, and you got somebody who doesn't hit it very far, but he hits it right down the middle. And then he'll hit it right up to the green, and then he'll get up and down. Like, that's what some of these guys on tour will maybe they can come back to and have those players be able to get in the mix. Yes, yes, Paul. So you've got to stay on air for five more years, Dan, four more years, because there's going to be a story that some mid-level golfer on the Corn Ferry Tour was sneaking in bootleg golf mm. balls to hit it further. <laughs> well, they check your balls before the round. Well, okay there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I might take up golf now. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting time for golf. Interesting time. 
But then the golf ball thing, I and I like you know the weekend guy. Like, how dare they? Uh, is somebody going to check the golf balls that we have in five years? You start stockpiling some of these pro VXs. You're like, uh, is that legit? Yeah, of course it is. Is there going to be a, like a designation there? Like, is there going to be a blue light that you put it under and you go, okay, that's legitimate here. But you're going to have bootleg. You're going to guys selling golf balls out of the trunk of their car when you get to the golf course. Yes, Todd. Is it going to be like that fishing story where they blow up the balls to see where <laughs> someone's put little pellets in there or what the feather is? What's in there? Uh, a couple of phone calls in here. Chris in Brooklyn. Good morning, Chris. What's on your mind? Good morning, fellas. How you doing? Good. Good. Uh, on the NBA in-season tournament, I was just going to say, it, it will be funny if the Pacers win. You know, they have this, like, run-and-gun offense. They have the highest points per game in NBA history right now also giving up the most points in the league. But if they win the tournament, it's like they'll act like it's, uh, you know, the takes will be, is this the future of basketball? Because they won this in-season tournament, whereas in the last couple of years, it would have been a couple months in and the Pacers are scoring a lot of points. But now this would create some sort of, like, justification or talking point about this. You know, it's not a new offense. It's happened before, but they're just doing it to a really extreme level. Yeah, I mean, I just remember when it would be on rare occasion you'd have a game in the 130s or 140s. Now that seems like a nightly occurrence here. It's not a big deal where you go, oh, they scored 145 points, 150 points. But this is the, uh, the advent of the three where everybody gets to shoot it. Yes, Marv. And also, can we get away from this basketball was better in the 90s? Because I watched the oh, game no, on, no, that was terrible. on NBA TV, yeah. and it was like Knicks – Pacers and it was 87 84 they brought in the three-point line because they wanted to up the scoring because <laughs> guys couldn't shoot except Reggie and Glenn Rice and Mark Price yeah it's about three guys in the league that could really shoot and they brought in the three-point line by about three feet in the 90s it was bad it was bad it was uh, Greco-Roman wrestling and first team to 90 usually would win a game um, and and some of the uh, the biggest guilty parties were Mike Fratello and Pat Riley, when Riles was with the Knicks and Fratello with the Cavs, it was physical, physical basketball. And why you would think that you would want that with these great athletes and, you know, transition basketball. They're like, no, we like that tough foul. And the... Imagine some of those guys who played in the 80s and 90s, if they got to play today, you know, what their numbers would look like. They wouldn't make the roster. No. He said, man, he could really punch him in the face, <laughs> but he can't hit an 18-footer. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't need Charles Oakley. You wouldn't need Rick Mahorn. You wouldn't need the Intimidators. Like, your physical guy is a nuisance. Like Dylan Brooks, Draymond Green. Like, you don't want a guy who is, hey, why is he out there? Uh, in case things get out of hand. Yes, Mark. They're not Intimidators. They're just annoying. Yes. Yes. Back then, they intimidated. Yeah. It's like, hey, you, if you do something to him, you got to go through me. All right, I'm not going to do anything to him. Yeah, Paul. I, I agree that scoring was not that much fun back then, those 68, 72. That was awful. But there was a lot more tension in games. There was a lot more physicality and not get off my lawn. But the physicality, is, it's completely missing now. It's like it's gone so extreme the other way. It's too bad there's not some compromise where I like 142 points but I like to see something besides three-pointers taken. And that's all it is. I mean, the, the, the percentage of three-point shots is crazy. 
but if you're going to score 142 points, all you have to do is make sure you don't give up 143 points. Yeah, Seaton. First half triple double is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Luca, That's Luca, crazy. Luca had that last night. Yes, yes, Marv. I'm with Paulie from this standpoint. Everyone takes three pointers in the NBA. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Who told you you could shoot, you know, eighth guy off the bench? Yeah. Yes, Seaton. We were just talking about the Yukon big man, Donovan, Donovan Klingham, being like a dinosaur because he's only a big guy. He can't shoot threes. Yeah. And Zach Eady, the player of the year. We don't even know if he can play in the NBA. Right. Garza from Iowa was the Big Ten player of the year a couple of years ago. He's a dude from uh, Kansas that can shoot, though. Uh, oh, Dickerson, who transferred from Michigan. He can shoot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's gigantic. He can shoot. Yeah, but that's what you have to do. There's so many guys that they wouldn't be able to play in today's NBA. But, you know, you look at uh, the Plumley brothers. Well, they, they may be still playing in the NBA. But you, you have to be able to do something. Yet, you know, offensively, it feels like. You can't be that, well, we'll just let him have the ball. You know, and it just feels like these guys who these big men who would normally have been able to make the transition to go into the NBA, they're they need to develop their skills. They need to be able to shoot at least an 18 footer. Yeah, Mar. Now it's a bunch of three and D guys. Yeah, that six ten guy that would have been a power forward in 1995. No, 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 no. Just play real hard defense and make this open corner three. All right, that's it. That's what the NBA is. It's three and D. Like what's a post? Like what's a post play? What's a post move? <laughs> There's no Kevin McHale post moves. Carmelo post moves anymore. No, no, no dream shake. You no. know, he's going to stay on the perimeter. Yeah. All right. Let me take a break. We'll come back. More phone calls and uh, the Shohei Otani story got really, really quiet yesterday. We'll talk about that as well. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Basketball fans know that things can be a little crazy this time of the year. Anything can happen. Last-minute buzzer beaters, gaps in health coverage. But when the last one happens, you need Affleck to help you bounce back from the expenses health insurance doesn't cover. 
you may have seen the Affleck Duck working with some pretty famous coaches. But did you know Affleck is a leader in supplemental insurance? Look, health insurance wasn't designed to cover everything. So when an illness or injury happens, you can be hit with medical bills that some people don't have the cash on hand to pay. That's where Affleck comes in to help. When you're sick or injured, bills can rack up fast. Affleck pays cash that can be put towards medical expenses like co-pays or even non-medical expenses like groceries or rent. It's never a good idea to try to play through an injury or illness, and that's why you've got to level up your defense. When there's gaps in health coverage, Affleck has the assist for you. Get help with expenses health insurance doesn't cover. Visit Affleck.com to learn more. All quiet on the uh, winter meetings front, at least with Shohei Otani. Let's bring in our buddy John Morosi. MLB Network Insider. Continue coverage of the off-season news. Check out MLB Network's new documentary. It's uh, on Hall of Famer George Brett tonight at 8 Eastern. All right, John, nobody said anything. Then Dave Roberts said something. Now nobody is saying anything. Where do we stand with what you're allowed to do and not allowed to do with Shohei Otani? Dan, good morning. Uh, The rules of engagement on this one are pretty unique to say the very least my friend it has been a a surreal week in a lot of ways certainly we had the big one Soto news last night which i'm sure we'll get to later on but it's it has been as an insider we of course pride ourselves on being able to get all the information and share it and and get everything in real time as it happens and i'll be honest it's been tough uh joey otani is a very private person. We know that about him. He wants the the free agency to proceed accordingly, but we're all here for this week and we want to talk baseball. We want details and it's, it's been challenging. I also think that any notion, any, that Dave Roberts in any way aired by acknowledging that there was a meeting with Shohei Otani to me is absurd. Uh, Dave Roberts, first of all, is one of the best people and best managers that we've got in the sport. And second of all, he just merely acknowledged something out of professional courtesy to, to all of us. And if the mere existence of a meeting and or acknowledging it is in some way a, a violation of the of the code of conduct. I'm I'm just not sure where we go, Dan. Well, I don't think it was accidental that he mentioned it. That that was the only thing that stood out. It is it, it it felt like he wanted people. I mean, he could have ch- shook this off. The Dodgers GM did. So that's what I was just curious. That is Dave confident with Otani. Um, I just, I was trying to under, maybe, you know, I'm conspiracy theory and trying to read too much in it, but it did feel like Dave goes, hey, I want to be honest with you. Um, if I had more questions, I'd say, well, Dave, while you're being honest with us, uh, you know, right. Where, where do you stand with this? Uh, when do you meet with him again? Uh, how much do you think it's going to cost to uh, sign? I mean, I would ask a few other questions, but I wasn't there. That's a great point, Dan. A couple of things. Number one, I'm, I'm really privileged to be able to travel around the country a lot for MLB Network and, and work a lot of Major League Baseball showcase game telecasts. And, and Dave Roberts, I will say to you, is one of the most candid and honest and forthright managers that we deal with. And we deal with a lot of great ones. Uh, we are really fortunate to have a tremendous group of people that, that have this job across baseball that share insights into what they do every day. And even among that great group, Dave is among the best. 
if not the best at doing it. And I think that that that's important context here to where he is just a very honest and genuine person. That's number one. But number two, to your point, if I follow along the the, the logic, and I think it's a, it's a very good point that you raise, if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers coaching staff, let's say, wished to convey that while they are excited to have him, they they want to have him, they have gone out of their way, as Dave Roberts did, to praise him, that also they've got a pretty good thing going already. They've got a couple of future Hall of Famers by the names of Freeman and Betts who are in the lineup every day. They've got uh, a future Hall of Famer in Kershaw who they expect to potentially have back at some point in time during the year. So if if a person wanted to convey subtly to Shohei that certainly while he will be able to come in with, with some things that he wants to do a certain way, there are some things the Dodgers have done and will continue to do apart from him that will continue. That may have been a very subtle way of acknowledging the great culture and protocols that already exist with the Dodgers. How many teams realistically are in play here? I believe the final group, as it has been issued to say you're welcome to have an in-person conversation and putting it all together the dodgers we know have had an in-person meeting the blue jays and giants reportedly have as well uh the angels have not been eliminated yet either and the cubs have pushed back certainly against any notion that they've been eliminated so i think we probably have a big five to borrow the basketball term here um i think we've got a big five uh, of, of teams that are still left and i'll say dan just being here in nashville this week I've still heard a lot about the Dodgers. They're still, in my mind, the favorites. But the team I've heard the second most is the Blue Jays. And I really believe Toronto has a – it may be a surprise here, but I I think they have a a compelling case to be made. They've got a beautiful state-of-the-art, Dan, one of the nicest sports facilities I have seen in my life of any sport is what they've got right now in Dunedin, Florida. And we know that Shoei visited there earlier this week to see for himself. So Shoei being a a process-driven person, someone who's who's – enamored with the concept of constantly improving and finding new ways to reach your potential. The Jays have built a place like that. And of course we know Toronto is a world-class city in and of itself. Mm. If he wants to surprise people and he always has been someone, Dan, who has surprised people, the angels were a surprising pick. The mere role that he's always had in baseball is against the norm. He likes to surprise and the Jays would be a surprise. Oh, John Rossi, MLB Network Insider joining us. Yeah, I I find it fascinating, but I also, the price tag for him. And it's not my money, uh, but watching others, if you're going to spend $500 million, $600 million, you don't even know you're getting if if he's going to be a pitcher or not. Is there a way that, and maybe this would take a team out of this, but let's say you said, we're paying you $40 million to be a hitter. And we're going to give you a million for every start that you make as a pitcher. That's a great question. Uh, there, there could be, and I would say this: you're you're certainly on the right track in the way that incentive clauses work in in baseball contracts, because you can never incentivize wins or home runs, performance like that. That kind of performance is not put into contracts, but they do allow games played, starts, plate appearances, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's my belief, Dan, that the market for him is so robust that he'll probably be able to get 
everything fully guaranteed uh, at the number that he wants to be without having to have these make good elements of, of the contract. And the big thing that I wonder, and Dan, where I think it gets incredibly frightening for some teams is if there is the opt-out clause put in, which we have, which we have heard about so much as a way of giving the player leverage again. Well, if they do that, then the team assumes all the risk on what is an inherently risky endeavor, uh, a, an eight year contract, 10 year contract, for a pitcher in and of itself is is perilous based on all the actuarial tables that exist in baseball. But he's now had two Tommy John surgeries, Dan. And even when you look at pitchers who have remained relatively healthy through their careers, when you start to get towards their mid to late 30s, you can't really count on 200 innings anymore. And I think that ends up becoming uh, an even greater concern for, for, the, for any team that were to sign Shohei Otani. What did the Yankee Padre trade signify for both of these organizations yesterday? Dan, I actually love this trade for both teams. The Yankees had to get back, as my colleague Joel Sherman said, their identity. And and this is a team, this is the this is the team of Ruth and Gehrig and Maris and, and all these classic left-handed power hitters, Reggie Jackson. Uh, and yet uh, they finished second to the bottom in the American League this past year in home runs by lefties. It almost, it's almost impossible to believe that, Dan, but that's true. And so you needed to have that lefty slugger to balance the middle of the lineup with Judge. Obviously, they've already got the reigning Cy Young winner in Garrett Cole, but they just did not have enough consistency and reliability with their lineup. It is, Dan, there is a really interesting part of this, which is perhaps we're going to now see Aaron Judge playing more and more center field, which is not the easiest position on your body. He can do it and actually likes it, but is it the best thing for him to be able to stay healthy in the long term? That's the Yankees' question after their own franchise contract that they gave Judge a year ago. And for the Padres, certainly it is a a pivot from a standpoint of their payroll. It's going to be lower. They they tragically lost their owner, Peter Seidler, within the last couple months. I I think it's it's a pivot for their franchise to a, a lower number and a different level of spending. But they believe, Dan that they can still compete as long as Tatis and Machado and Bogarts have seasons like they've had in the past, and then they bring in a lot of pitching from the Yankees to fill out what's been a pretty thin rotation as the season has ended. All right. We played the game yesterday with uh, Otani, where he goes. Uh, we also did the price. Uh, Todd, oh, oh, you piggybacked mine. I, I, said, I said the San Francisco Giants. Seton, you sh- said where Otani ends up? Uh, staying with the Angels. All right, Marvin. Dodgers. All right, Paulie. Dodgers five sixty five. All right. So John, not as a reporter. Can you can you just be like a, you know John calling into the Dan Patrick show? Sure. Where do you think Shohei Otani ends up? John calling in from Michigan, friend of the show. Uh, I, I'm going to agree with Paulie. I, I'm going to say Dodgers at five sixty five. I think that was a very very good number. Mm. Strong prediction. They're still the favorites until someone proves otherwise. But the team, again, that I think has the second best chance right now to get them is Toronto. John in Michigan doesn't know anything if he's agreeing with you, Paul. Fair point. Yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing? Uh, good luck there, John. Thanks for joining us as always. Thanks, Dan. Happy holidays to everybody. Thanks you so much. Too. John Morosi, MLB Network Insider. They have the uh, George Brett documentary tonight on MLB Network at uh, 8 Eastern. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if anybody has any idea. And I kind of like that nobody has any idea about this. 
Right until it happens. What about if And you, then everybody knew. What, yes. <laughs> well, I told you last week this was going to happen. What, what if he goes back to the Angels? Like, are, are you at this point going, okay, we got to this point. Now I want him to go someplace else. Or do you go, you know what? It's better for baseball if he goes back to the Angels. Which I don't know if it's better. It's better for baseball if we see him more often in bigger games. Then it's better for baseball. If he goes back, it's better for the Angels. I guess. You know, if you can validate spending that kind of money on him. But if you're, if you're Shohei Utani's agent, where do you want him to go? I have to figure marketing plays a role in this. It's not going to be New York, but it's going to be L.A., or it could be L.A. I keep hearing from people saying, don't count out Seattle. Like, okay, haven't heard about Seattle. I've heard about the other teams. Uh, Toronto is the interesting one. That seems to be the outlier where you're going, hmm, okay. Put him in that lineup. That's an international city. So I, I, you know, I, I think you can kind of validate that I could see him there. It's just, we don't know. He's so private. He wouldn't even tell you his dog's name when he won the MVP. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's your dog's name? Uh, I'm going to keep that quiet. I have to, I have to respect his privacy. Roof, <laughs> roof. Yeah, yeah, see. <laughs> this is why I think he's staying with the Angels. Okay. He doesn't have to go through all this stuff anymore. He's already done it. Everybody knows how this works. They're just going to be happy that he stayed. They're going to give him a bunch of money, uh, and he gets to go on business as usual in a place that he's very comfortable. Okay, but if this is where he wants to stay, then why do this? If he says, look, I'm willing to stay, I want this. You give me this price. Your due diligence. Yeah. Just, but, no, he's, but then you don't have to do the, the tour and, you know, it, it's just I want to stay with the Angels. I want to stay with you. If you pay me five I'm staying here. Then you don't have to go to L.A. or Toronto or the Cubs or the John. Then you don't have to go through any of this. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It feels like if he has a number, and unless he's saying, you know, it would be crazy not to have these teams bid up the price and then we take it back to the Angels. But if you don't want to go through this, you don't have to go through this. Yeah, Paul. I always wonder if an agent in this situation asks Otani, which place will make you the most happy? Because if he answers the place that offers the least amount of money, as an agent, you don't want to hear that answer. Yeah. As an agent, my guess is an agent leans towards the biggest offer because then they get the next client off that offer. I'm very. I always like to see how behind the scenes how agents would work in a situation. Yeah, but I have to know my my personality. That that person, I have to know Otani. And there are certain players that didn't do well in New York, and their agents did them a disservice because hey, they're paying you all this money, Ed Whitson. Uh, you'll get to love New York. Well, no, not necessarily the case. It's a different way of life. Just getting to the ballpark. That's work. Uh, dealing with the media, fans. So that's where my agent has to know where I would be happiest. And that is, I start with not the money. You're going to get money. Now you're going to, you're familiar with this location. Uh, or you have somebody, a former teammate is on this team. You like the direction. They're going to be a playoff contender for years to come. Or it might just come down to, you know, I don't need the big lights. I'm going to have it. 
But I don't need it every day. I have a comfortable life in Anaheim. Maybe it comes down to that. Maybe. But John did say that Anaheim's not out of it yet. So that's like you're kind of in, but are you really in? So, yeah, Paul. I'm going to ask you this one. If you were in his shoes, if you're a baseball player, would the location matter from a lifestyle living standpoint? Because during the season, you're traveling all the time. Would the, the actual city you're in matter that much? In comparison to maybe an NFL player, you practice all the time. You're home much more often. Well, half the season you're in that town, that city. I would say yes, it would matter. And then do you stay there in the off season? Certain players may play in a cold weather climate in football, and then in the off season they live in Vegas or Scottsdale. You know, Jokic goes home. You know, <laughs> Luca probably, and I don't know if Luca goes home. But I would think that that would matter to me. Certainly baseball. Because of the conditions, the weather, when you're playing in L.A., you get to play in that environment. Now you go on the road, but you always have Los Angeles to come back and play in that kind of climate. I think that that's really important. Instead of you're playing on the East Coast and you have to deal with the weather in April and May with Yankee Stadium and the Red Sox, then later in October when it gets a little uh, icy, uh, yeah, I think that would matter. Yes, yes, Mark. If he stays with the Angels, he doesn't have to worry about October. He does not. No, he does not. No. All right, let's take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Make sure you pick up some peppermint moonshine available at danpatrick.com. We're back after this. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply.